the Tech.eu podcast. My name is Robin Walters and I'm here with Tech.eu reporter Shaheen Samavati. Now Roxanne this week unfortunately she's busy traveling for the holidays but thank you so much Shaheen for filling in. Welcome. Hi Robin. No problem. It's my pleasure. So welcome to our first podcast of 2017 even though admittedly we're really recording this in late 2016 still. Obviously it was a much calmer week than most weeks uh, because of the holidays but if you were expecting there to really be zero news whatsoever you were wrong. So we have a great lineup of topics this week, including a number of funding rounds and acquisitions and a number of interesting facts that you may not know yet. I also had a chance to recently catch up with Ed Newton Rex. He's an entrepreneur from London building a startup called Juke Deck. So we'll also listen to that. Uh, but first, Shaheen, why don't we take a look at some of the things that made news in Europe last week? So, well, Robin, arguably the biggest news was that here, a Berlin-based digital mapping technology company co-owned by three major German automotive companies has sold 10%, which was once owned by Nokia. Chinese mapping company NavInfo, internet services group Tencent, and Singaporean sovereign wealth fund GIC are jointly buying a 10% stake as the company plans to expand to China, although other financial details about the deal weren't disclosed. Here also intends to form a 50-50 joint venture with NavInfo, enabling location services for Chinese and global customers across a range of industries. And the companies also said that they intend to collaborate on the creation of HD mapping and location services for autonomous cars. Thank you, Shaheen. Very interesting deal so late in the year. It will be interesting to see how far here can go over there in China. Now let's dive into a very interesting last-minute acquisition that was announced, or better yet, uh, that was discovered right before the end of the year. Facebook's Oculus has apparently acquired a Danish company called The iTribe, uh, which has developed a $99 eye-tracking device, a developer kit for computers, uh, and also developed software that can bring gaze-based interfaces, as they call it, to smartphones and potentially also virtual reality headsets. Obviously, this is the kind of technology that can be applied by Oculus, uh, which builds VR headsets, um, you know, now under the ownership of uh, Facebook to allow its users a smoother experience when it comes to advanced eye tracking that can be used for games and, you know, any type of application that you can think of. Um, the company, which was based in Copenhagen, will presumably stop offering its products independently soon uh, as a result of the acquisition. Um, startup was founded in 2011, joined Startup Bootcamp Accelerator very early on, raised some seed funding from them and eventually raised more than $3 million in funding and a grant from the government. Unfortunately, we don't really know the terms of the deal with Facebook, but that's another U.S. tech giant shopping for technology in Europe, so that's a good thing. And apparently um, in Israel, deals are keep happening at this late time of year. Admittedly, both of the deals we're going to talk about next haven't been officially confirmed or announced, um, and they were, they're based on information from local media reports. But uh, reportedly, Chinese... Huawei has acquired Tel Aviv-based database security company Hexatier. Founded in 2009, this company delivers unified database security solutions, dynamic data masking, and activity monitoring using a patented database reverse proxy technology. And then there's Snapchat, which is actually called Snap Inc. nowadays, which has reportedly acquired a company called Simagine, an augmented reality technology startup for between 30 and $40 million. Simagine was founded in 2012, and it's an AR platform that lets consumers instantly visualize products they want to buy in the places they want to put them. If this report pans out, it'll certainly be interesting to see how Snapchat uses this technology for its own products and services. Thanks, Shaheen. A couple of other interesting things we spotted this week. Um, SoundCloud has cut licensing deals with several major music labels in the past few years. And it was also every time that happened, it was rumored that 
these labels would become investors or rather shareholders in the company as a result. But it was never really confirmed or announced by SoundCloud. But now recent filing in the UK makes it official. So Warner Music, Universal Music and Sony Music now all own a piece of SoundCloud, according to a German report. So that's interesting. Another fact that I found interesting is that French cosmetics uh, giant L'Oréal, they announced this week that it was investing several million euros. They didn't disclose the actual amount, but they said several million euros into an early stage fund managed by Paris-based private equity firm Partech Ventures. Earlier this year, L'Oréal had already backed Founders Factory, uh, which is a London-based incubator slash accelerator co-founded by Brent Hoberman, who we recently interviewed for this very podcast. And now I had a chance to recently meet and catch up with a fellow named uh, Ed Newton Rex. He's a very talented British entrepreneur who's building a startup worth keeping an eye on out of London. The company's called Juke Deck, and you can listen to what it's all about now. Hey, this is Robin. I'm here at Slush in Helsinki, and I'm here with Ed Newton Rex, who's a co-founder of a company in London called Juke Deck. What's Juke Deck? Yeah, uh, Duke Deck is AI music composition. We're building software that can compose original music using machine learning uh, in order to provide creative tools uh, and royalty-free music for, for creators. So who needs musicians, right? Who needs composers? The machines are doing it for us soon. Uh, yeah, the machines are starting to do bits of it for us. Um, more with us, we're finding. We're, we're kind of we're, What we're trying to do is basically open up creativity to especially kind of to non-musicians and give them kind of tools to let them make their own music which we're seeing a bunch of kind of especially video creators like actually use our site to to kind of have creative power over their music which traditionally they tend not to do right um the interesting thing is that you're yourself a composer and musician and not a techie uh, so how do you end up building this kind of company i am is yeah my background is i'm a composer i was thinking uh at university a lot about music theory and a lot about music cognition uh, and I kind of ended up thinking why can't computers write music yet and more importantly um, what will it mean when they can what will the kind of amazing applications be um, and uh, so essentially I, I kind of parked that for a while until I went over to Harvard where my girlfriend was studying she was studying computer science uh, and I was kind of amazed and bowled over by the world of computer science which I'd never got into before and was kind of uh, immediately tempted to to kind of to give it a go basically to start building a prototype and that's where where, where it started. Right. And when did it start? Uh, so I first had the kind of idea in 2010. I think I started programming in 2011. We got our first funding in 2012. And but frankly, it like really started taking off when it started to work a bit better. When we basically when we when we built the team and when when we when we grew really uh, towards the end of 2015. And it's, since then, it's kind of gone much much faster. Um, how close are we really? I mean, uh, this is kind of objective. But how good is the music that your program can write right yeah. now? And how good does it have to be to kind of like up to your standards? Some of it's good. Some of it's really good. Some of it's really not good at all. It's still quite hit and miss, um, as 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 kind of in many creative pursuits. Um, how good does it have to be? Like, I, I mean, basically, our like we're never going to be quite satisfied with it. That's the thing about creative things, right? It's not like a, a, a you know board games or image recognition or anything where it can be kind of wrong or right. Even if it's like incredibly complicated and hard, it can be wrong or right. Music, there's no right answer. So we're always going to be listening to it and thinking, ah, we could make that better, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it'll never quite be done. Um, what's the reaction of the music industry been so far? Both musicians and you know labels, etc. Uh, what are some of the conversations you've been having? Yeah, um, the reaction's been been broadly pretty positive. I mean, there are kind of two levels uh, of reaction. Like on the one hand, we've had a bunch of musicians get in touch and actually say like 
cool. Like I'm a producer. How do I, how can I use your tool to actually help me make music to like give me little, little bits of compositions that I can then put in my music. And we've, we've had other people kind of use our music as backing tracks for them to sing to. So like we've had a bunch of kind of musicians, like of varying, of varying standards in varying areas, use our music as a basic tool. On the other side, we've had like, we've had the record industry in the UK start to take a bit of an interest. Like it's been really pleasing to see that unlike with kind of streaming, um, and, well, really with the rise of the internet, like 15 years ago, uh, the rise of the internet in music, like with Napster, um, where they didn't necessarily react like that well to it with AI. They're starting to really embrace it. We were at an event at the BPI, the British Phonographic Industry, the other day, where just they they were talking about AI and they were saying, this is really cool. Like, how do we use this stuff? And I think that's a really good approach. They, they've they realized that they can really kind of combine the talents of the industry with AI to maybe create some some really cool stuff. How big is your team right now? Because I can imagine not being a techie, you have to hire developers and engineers. So how do you get them involved in the first place and how many are you now? Yeah, so we're 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 now twenty people, lar- largely engineering, but but not entirely. We've been focusing mostly on R and D. Um, uh, but yeah, so we we kind of we, that's how we spend our time, and it's how we've got them on board. Is we've essentially uh, we've gradually as we've as our tech has improved. I think it's probably got slightly easier to get people on board. You know, I think when we started, you go up to someone in the street and you say, "Can AI write music?" and they'd probably said no but ai is just becoming so powerful these days that people are starting to realize some of the potential and our so so we've really we found some amazing people um there are some really good universities particularly in and around london um for this kind of thing for music informatics for machine learning and music we've got london is brilliant for the music scene as well you know london is kind of the perfect mix of tech and music and so everyone on our team in fact so far is the perfect mix of tech and music as well we can that's so it helps being in london basically and what does success look like for you or put differently what do you want to what do you want to achieve with this company that will make you say ah we got there yeah i think if we can i think if we can massively democratize music creation we'll be really happy if we can give we've seen this a little bit we've seen we've seen people use our tech and be just overjoyed that they can kind of have creative power over what they're doing and i think the more the more of that that we can do the better that that's kind of the most the most powerful thing i've seen i mean and ultimately on the musical side to be honest we, we will be happy musically not not done but happy when we feel like our, our tech can can pretty reliably and pretty well um you know just write reliably great music uh if if, if i'm never nervous basically when doing a demo right. uh then <laughs> then i'll be really happy uh, you just did a demo at slush actually so first of all what do you think of the conference and how did your talk go uh, yeah, absolutely love Slush. It's my first time. I've been to some awesome talk. I went to a great talk this morning on the Universal Basic Income, which was amazing. I've met some amazing people. Um, it's just a great atmosphere. It's been awesome. Uh, and my talk went really well. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was a really good crowd. It was kind of a packed, a packed stage area. Um, really cool. I did a, did a bit of a kind of a sort of Turing test where I kind of asked, uh, do you think uh, which which piece was written by a human, which by a machine? And people didn't quite get it right, which was kind of gratifying because that was the point of the question um and yeah it went it went well it was re- really good i mean it's just to be honest it's just great to be able to get up on a stage in front of some really smart people and tell them you know about your vision for the world and where you think kind of ai will take us like that's just a that's kind of a privileged position to be in and it's great fun to do great well on that note ed thank you very much for your time and best of luck with the company cheers robin it's been awesome 
as you can imagine, there wasn't that much funding news this week being so in the middle of the holiday season, but there were a few. And uh, some of the ones we covered on tech.eu recently include Swedish American fleet logistics and management company Automile, which has raised $7.5 million in a round led by Saster. Salesforce Ventures, Nicholas Zenstrom, Don Capital, and Point Nine Capital are also participated. Then there was uh, Israeli optimization prediction and navigation system Timing, which raised a million dollars from Terra Venture Partners. Timing system is geared towards service providers and aims to change the way consumers use field services, but can also manage businesses' workflow, schedule, appointments, and things like that. We're currently hard at work making sense of all the funding deals as well as exits that were announced in 2016, and we will soon be publishing comprehensive reports on both Q4 and the full year. So you have something to look forward to if you're interested in data and trends. Of course, we'll also be sharing insights into these reports on the podcast as well. Yes, really looking forward to that myself. Uh, on that note, let me please reiterate that we would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Tell all your friends if you like it and would like to see it continued in 2017. Thank you, Shaheen. You can follow Shaheen on Twitter, actually. She's at Shaheen Samavati. Uh, you can also follow myself at Robin Waters and, of course, tech.eu as well. We're at tech underscore EU on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning into our first podcast of the new year. And we genuinely hope that 2017 will be your best year ever. Catch you next week. Bye-bye.